When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line here on a Sunday. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Michael Lombardi out at the Borgata there in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher live from the VSIN studios here at, at the South Point. Hey, Michael, you know, I was thinking on the drive in, if you're trying to sell a casual fan on college basketball in the tournament, Yesterday was a convincing sales pitch, right? <laughs> I mean, upsets, frenzied if, comebacks. If they, didn't watch the Ar- if they didn't watch the Arkansas game, yeah, it might no, have been that one. was Tylenol PM. That will put yeah, you that was, that was, I mean, even in, in that game, the rims, even, the bang of the rims, well, you could hear them forever. They were tight. I mean, they were tight. Yeah, it was hard. They were tight. But no, I agree. It was, I agree. I mean, how about, and I know this is, again, we'll get to the games today. I was looking at the board when I woke up. There wasn't a double-digit favorite on the board. However, Michael, TCU, Arizona, Arizona has been bet up from 9.5 to 10. So it's going to be an interesting day. But I just saw something on social. You'll get a kick out of this. So St. Peter's never trailed against Murray State. And they're a 15 seed headed to the Sweet 16, third time ever, right? They have 3,500 kids on campus that go to that school. The campus is one street. I just saw it on social. It's literally just a street. I mean, you can speak to it better. It looks like a high school. It looks like a high school. It actually looks like a high school. It's It's in Jersey City, which has gone through... Uh, like Hoboken, all those cities yes. that bo- that face New York have gone through uh, a renovation and, and, and the popularity of people that can commute and get away from New York City prices. But yeah, it's it's like a it's like a high school. I think I think when you drive through the ho- when you're going towards the Holland Tunnel, you can see it off. I think they do have a Division three football team, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, look, this is what makes the tournament so good. And, and you know, St. Peter's, the, their ability to play with, the, with Kentucky. The, their attitude towards it, and then yesterday taking out Murray State with their defense and really uh, controlling the game from tip to finish. They they were they were the better team. Credit their coach, no doubt. Credit them. Credit their players, and they've got this rocky mentality that they're just going to keep conquering. 
they, the Peacocks roll on. I mean, that peacocks. really, I mean, think about it. I mean, that. whoever came up with that name, I mean, seriously, <laughs> they never played sports. What, I mean, seriously, the Jersey fighting peacock. Is, what is it? Does a peacock ever fight? I mean, like, I, well, I get NBC having a peacock for their emblem. I mean, they're a TV network, but, I mean, a, a sports team? Come on. And I've been to Jersey City uh, back in the day. I, I don't think I saw peacocks running around the streets of Jersey City, right? I, that <laughs> no, doesn't, I, I don't think it's synonymous no, with a peacock. I, but No, this, I, I don't think when you hear peacock, you think, oh, yeah, that's Jersey, right? No. And uh, Shaheen Holloway, the coach, I, I, I saw you post a little clip about him as well. Essentially what he's saying is we're not going to be afraid of anybody. We got guys from Jersey, no. we got dudes from New York, and we're going to be undersized, but we're not going to get out battled. And that's exactly what happened against a bigger Murray State team. I mean, look, this is a team that, you know, when you go through the, the Metro Atlantic Conference, there's some good teams in that conference, but they didn't really dominate. Iona is probably kicking themselves because this is the conference yes. that Rick Patino's Iona Gales play in. And, you know, Siena beat them twice, Patrick. Mm -hmm. Siena beat them twice, but they've peaked at the right time. They're playing their best basketball. And, and Holloway's done a tremendous job, and these kids have gone out there, and they believed it. I mean, just listen to their commentary in the Kentucky game. Like, they weren't backed down. I mean, I don't even think Kentucky's practice court is as is, – no, Kentucky's practice court is much nicer than the gym that St. Peter's plays their games in. Well, how about this? St. Peter's has 3,500 kids that go to the school. Rupp Arena seats 24,000. So, <laughs> so think about the first round of – I mean, 24,000. It's, it's really – and this is what makes the tournament. I said the unknown suddenly known, and that's what makes the tournament great, these stories. Right, and it's all about defense, right? We talk about all these offensive teams, and, I mean, when you look at the rankings for Ken Palm, I mean, they are the 27th best defense in the entire country. Now, we understand that they're playing in a, in a level of competition that's a little less than the Southeast of the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or the Big 10, but they're 27th in their numerical grade. That says something. I think I think the, the biggest... Uh, obvious, the, the biggest reason why is last night when you watched Arkansas and New Mexico State. Arkansas has no business winning that game nope. the way they shot, as poorly as they shot. But they got stops defensively. And when you can center your team with defensively, you never get out of the game. And I think we don't talk enough about it, but that's really the essence of what we should focus on more today is the ability to get stops. And that's what St. Peter's is great at doing. Yeah, Muss is back to the Sweet 16, Michael. Uh, again, it looked like he breathed a sigh of relief after that game. It's a good New Mexico State team. It's a very good coach. But Muss escapes. You know, they're laying six and a half. They don't cover it at the five. But it stays under the posted total. I can guarantee you that at 53 oh, I, was way under. I mean, it what was they have? They had, se they had 17 at the half. And, I mean, they got basically four of them. Uh, they got four on a four-point play when, when they fouled that kid shooting the three pointer but look they made their free throws down the stretch they were able to right. withstand the run that new mexico and they took away the best player and so you know they did what they had to do and i mean that's what the games come down to the games come down to free throw shooting and defense and i think we saw that in the arkansas game i mean i was watching must during the game and there were some shots that that really arkansas had good looks 
they just were they shot poorly the whole night, and, and so did New Mexico State. Let's face it. Yeah, Teddy Allen couldn't get off against that Arkansas defense. It's a very good defense. So quickly here, the favorites go five and three straight up yesterday, Michael. But the dogs, how about this? The dogs were six and two ATS overall in the tournament. The dogs are 23 and 17. So hitting at a 57 and a half percent clip. You're making money if you're betting the dogs in the tournament. No surprise. The overs six and two yesterday. We talked about St. Peter's becoming the third 15 seed ever to make it to the Sweet 16. They never trailed against Murray State. So the Peacocks move on. But how about North Carolina and Baylor? How about North Carolina and Baylor? Wow. I, that was, it really was an emotional swing, even if you didn't have cash on the game inside this game. So North Carolina, winner, of course, 93-86 in overtime. They close a five-and-a-half-point dog, but they're up 25 in this game against the defending champs, and Baylor comes back. That game was incredible. It really was. It was exhausting. It was it exhausting. Was exhausting. And, and, and I mean, the way they came back, and, and, and I saw, you, you know, Scott Drew, he did he did what I usually do when there's a field goal on the line at a game. Don't look. I just waited for the crowd to react when I was in the league, and that's what he did on that jump shot. But <laughs> I, I really felt like, to me, that, that was Baylor gave all they had. They fouled two players out late in the game, which really affected them. And look, North Carolina has played their best basketball of the season in the last two weeks. I mean, they're an eight seed, but they don't play like an eight seed. They really haven't. I mean, they play, they've saved their best for last, and so is St. Peter's. Hey, we don't, you know, I mean, I was on uh, mistakenly on Richmond yesterday, but how about Providence? I mean, Providence, everybody loves to just rip on Providence. Yep. They single, I mean, that game wasn't even close. That game wasn't close from start to finish. Give them a lot of credit. I think Providence kind of likes the spot they're in, right? Where nobody's yeah. talking about them. They won the Big East. They're kind of under the radar. A ton of vets on that team. It's kind of like, okay, keep disrespecting us. They're tough. They're going to play in the half court. And as you mentioned, uh, Richmond, the Spiders, who had a bunch of experience as well with the Super Seniors, were never in that game, Michael. No, they never were, and it was from start to finish. Give Providence full credit. They deserve to be in, in the Sweet 16, and another team that we owe an apology to, or at least I do, is the Michigan Wolverines. I mean, I didn't think they should have been in the tournament, but for them to beat a really good Tennessee team, I, I don't know how they won that game. Tennessee was up six or seven with about four minutes to go, and Michigan came storming back. I, I, I don't get Tennessee. I still think Tennessee is one of the most talented teams. That's ridiculous that they're not a top 16 team. It's really amazing that Arkansas is in the Sweet 16 and Tennessee isn't. But give Michigan all the credit. I mean, they battled them. Dickinson was sensational. And, you know, I wasn't quite sure what was going on with Barnes and his substitution rotation. And Michigan took the best player that Tennessee had out of the game. What did he have, three points? Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, he couldn't make a shot. I mean, and give Michigan all the credit. Well, here's the thing. It's not mutually exclusive. I think you were right in doubting whether or not Michigan should have gotten into the dance, but now they're in the dance. Hey, St. Peter's is in the Sweet 16. Anything can happen. So you're not wrong. Right. However, Michigan, this is five straight Sweet 16s for Michigan. The program is back. I, you know, when I was growing up, it was the Fab Five, and, you know, it was the glory days of Michigan basketball, and now they're starting to come back here. They were catching seven against Tennessee. Kind of sad to see Tennessee go because I like watching them play, uh, but Michigan. Too. Michigan, a 76-68 win. And what they showed late, and got to give Juwan Howard credit. I mean, they were tough late. When Tennessee, Tennessee will wear you down, and, and Michigan wouldn't let it happen. 
Yeah, and, and they pressured their guards. I, I thought, you know, there was a period early in the second half where Br Bradley Huntley Hatfield, the big kid, the freshman, he hit two key shots. He was playing, and then all of a sudden he no longer was on the court. But this is a game that I think Vis Vis Visarel, I think that's how you say his name, Viscova. Yeah. The kid from 10. I mean, to me, this their best player didn't play the best. I mean, that was the at the end of the day. Tennessee, they took their best player out. As good as Chandler played, as good as Ziegler played, you know, and James was sensational early to start that game. But but to me, Santiago, he didn't play like he needed to play. I mean, that was the game. I think when you when you go home and you're sitting in Knoxville and you're not in part of the Sweet 16, it's the reason why is because your best player didn't play his best. And it was a two-man game for Michigan. You mentioned Dickinson, who's tremendous, seven-footer that can step out and shoot it. But how about Eli Brooks, who essentially is a role yeah. player, but he's a vet. And Dickinson and Brooks combined Make for 50, shots. 50 of Michigan's 76 points. Those two, those two right there, Michael. Yeah, it, that was a fun game to watch. That was really, to me, that was a sweet 16 game. I mean, that was a sweet 16 game that we caught in the 32 round because those were two really good teams that battled, and we thought Michigan would play. I mean, we talked about taking the points of Michigan yesterday on the show because this is the kind of game that Michigan was going to play their best to. Same thing with Memphis. We knew Memphis would play Gonzaga as good as anybody. That 10-point spread was way too much in that game because of how talented Memphis is. They just couldn't finish off against Gonzaga. I want to come back and talk about it. You've been dubious about Gonzaga. And I think he might be honest. Chet Holmgren needs to eat something. He needs to get on well, your TikTok page and get with that oh, kid man. that's giving out yeah, the recipes. Yeah. Cooch, I got to send Cooch over out, to, out there. I mean, Cooch will get him squared away. Cooch was in Hoboken the other day drunk, but we got a video <laughs> out of him, though. He can even do it when he's drunk. Cooch, Cooch has to come on the show, dude. He has to come on. I don't care if he doesn't know anything about basketball. He must come on the show. We continue just getting started here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, this is for Cooge. Wendy's and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty are teaming up to invite you and Las Vegas locals and basketball fans to get swifty at the first ever Morty's Mayhem pop-up. It's located at Resorts World East Garden Plaza. It's an immersive experience, bringing the show off the screen and onto the strip with never seen before animations of Wendy's breakfast characters in the Rick and Morty universe and the return of the elusive Pickle Rick Pickle Frosty. It's a big reveal. While in the alternate universe, Kooj, fans can also play a life-size game of Plinko. You better hurry to check out Wendy's Morty's Mayhem at Resorts World. It's only open until 9 p.m. here in Vegas. Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. I'm Patrick Maher here at the (laughs) Who doesn't love Wendy's? I love Wendy's. Get a Frosty? Who doesn't love a Frosty? Oh, absolutely. Go get a Frosty. It's so good. Yeah, it's tough to to drink them and drive, though. You know, I mean, you got to have the spoon (laughs) with the Frosty. You got to be stopped. You just can't go on the go with that. I don't know. You know, I don't know where Cooge is on Gonzaga, but for the second consecutive game in the tournament, they came out flat. Now, Timmy yeah. is a monster, 25 and 14, and Nemhard as well, but it, it has to be concerning for a team that has vets, has leadership, has all the momentum coming in, number one overall seed, to come out flat like this. Yeah. And look, give Memphis credit. I mean, Memphis gave them everything they could. I mean, they had a 10-point lead at the half. Uh, You know, that was an interesting game. I didn't check. I don't know if you knew this, but what was the line in the second half of that game? Because you got the sense that it was going to be a down-to-the-wire game, and it was going to be like this was going to be hard for Memphis to get. You know, it's one thing to get the lead, but to finish the race against the champion, and not that Gonzaga's won, but Gonzaga's been in a lot of games where they know how to finish. I just wonder where that was going to I'll tell you. I'll tell you just because I didn't bet it, but I'm a degenerate. So it was 41-31 at the the break, Michael, with Memphis up 10. My guess is Gonzaga was laying 9.5-10 in the second half. Because they they were even, live betting, they were even to win the game going into the break. So my assumption would be 9.5-10 laying it in the second half. Essentially, the books are saying, do you think Gonzaga is going to win the game, right, with that number? Right, right. Yeah, no doubt. And I, and I kind of felt that they would have won the game. I thought it was going to be a game that they eventually, and I think we see this a little bit in the tournament. We see these teams that eventually they extol their dominance later in the game and they take the game over. I didn't suspect that. I thought Arkansas, when they got that lead, would be able to run away. New Mexico came back. New Mexico State came back. But for me, watching it, I mean, the Kansas-Creighton game, we haven't talked about it. I thought Kansas, when they had that lead, I thought they were going to keep it. But Creighton came Give Creighton storming credit, back. man. Man, they were wow. They, they, were that ball, they, they had a game. bad turnover. They had a bad turnover in there that really got Kansas back in. And Kansas was fortunate. Gonzaga and Kansas, I thought yesterday, were very fortunate to be in the Sweet 16 based on closing the game out. 
call it fortunate, call it whatever you want, but good teams find a way to win those kind of games. Yeah, Creighton fought their asses, excuse my language, their butts off. They did. Uh, under, undersized, and Remy Martin saved Kansas because Abaji wasn't great, and Abaji's one of the best he players play in the good country. At all. He did not play Yeah, well he did not look himself. He, didn't, he, he was getting open shots. I didn't think it was that, you know, that Creighton was playing this great defense. It just, I think they, they were missing shots. It's like Arkansas. Arkansas missed so many shots. My Lord. No, you know the game that was shocking was how about our St. Mary's team not posting? UCLA oh, that, laying yeah. two and a half, a 72-56 winner. Now, the question coming out of this is Jaime, Jaime Juarez and his status moving forward because he sprained the ankle during the game. It didn't look good at all. And if Juarez is out, that's bad for this UCLA team. But I was surprised. The two teams that didn't show up, Richmond and St. Mary's. That's really what it came down yeah, to. They, the, the level of comp caught both up teams. I thought they got, got them both. And, and, I mean, look, St. Mary's, Randy Bennett said that his team wasn't the most talented. It was the most tough. And I thought you, we saw that yesterday. Their talent level wasn't up to UCLA. UCLA was the dominant team. And remember, that everybody was betting. That, that line was steaming towards St. Mary's. I mean, there was St. Mary's was getting a lot of action in that game. And I, you know, kind of thought it would be a tight down-to-the-wire game, buy a point here, buy a point there. That really wasn't the case. That first four minutes of the second half in this game really uh, spelled the end for St. Mary's. And shout out to TG. I said nine and a half. The Zags were a seven and a half point favorite in the second half over at the Borgata. So down 10 at the break, Michael, seven and a half point favorite. They come back and win it. So Gonzaga advances. They dig out of the 12-point second half hole, which we discussed. And you... You said it perfectly yesterday, as far as talent-wise, you know, Memphis had the talent to hang with Gonzaga. That's not a question. No I mean, Jalen Duran is that body on that kid at Memphis. He's going to be a, wow. a lottery pick, and he is a stud. So they have talent, and I thought they played within themselves. It's just Gonzaga. They did. I mean, this is a diff This is another Gonzaga level. And they're such, and Gonzaga can shoot, and they don't go cold for periods of time like you know some teams do, and they like Tennessee did late in that game where they lost the game. Arkansas could have lost the game the way they got, well, they were cold the whole game, but I mean they, they went at six and a half minutes without scoring. And 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 I think Gonzaga. I think these two games help Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga. You know, in the first 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 game, that was 33 minutes into that game, they were in a tight game, and then they were able to finish that game off. But that's the same thing. I think th these games will help. I think they'll help Memphis. Uh, will help Gonzaga. And, and you know, of course, they I go agree. play. They go play. They go play Arkansas, which they're going to get defended, and and it'll be a challenge for them. But you know, they have too much offense, I think, for Arkansas to handle. Arkansas is going to be in their shorts, but I, I think the t the two games to start here for Gonzaga is a wake up call. Um, your boy Chet Holmgren, can we get him a protein shake? Wow. Maybe. I, I, I don't understand. Like, what, what, you know, they they've got next door to the facility at Gonzaga. They have the John Stockton weight room. Does he need a, a map to get in seen there? It. I mean, like. Wow. You know, I, everybody's talking about him going to pros next year, and he's a lottery pick, and I'm sure he's really talented. But he ain't going on the court next year. I mean, he's going to be in the weight room all next year, isn't he? He is absolutely. I mean, he's not going in the NBA with that Kevin, body. Ke I can't he, see. Kevin Durant looked like Duran coming out compared to him. I mean, Ke remember how skinny Kevin Durant was? Yeah. And Holmgren's skinnier. Now, the one thing, he's so versatile because he's so long. He'll block 10 shots. Again. I mean, he's unbelievable as far as just what he can do versatility-wise. No I don't know no if he's going to be able to. Once you step up in competition, the aggressiveness and just the physicality, I don't know if he's going to be able to hang and get to the rim like that like he can in college yeah. in the WCC. I, I agree. I thought Dickinson yesterday really, to He's me, enhanced his career. 
in terms of the perspective that comes through the NBA lens. You know, he went out there, he was really good, shot the ball well from the three-point line, came inside, could make rebound tough. You know, I mean, Tennessee's, they wore Tennessee down inside. And and I think Holmgren, you know, he's going to need a redshirt year. There's no doubt as he comes to pro. I don't know how you're going to put him on the court with that body. If people just take him down a low post, I mean, the, the, it is the league of the best players. There's no denying that. So I mentioned. Speaking of that, Patrick, yeah, did you notice? I know this is off the chat. Lakers got beat in Washington yesterday. Did you happen to notice that? This Laker team, wow. I happened to notice it. I shed a tear. It was, uh, <laughs> I had a hard time falling asleep last night. Will Hill's going to join us coming up in about 16 minutes. He must have been taking this hard. That's a, it's a likable team with LeBron and Westbrook and the crew, so it's hard oh, yeah. to see. It's hard. Best I was thing surprised. about the Lakers is the Lakers show on HBO. That's the best thing we can say about the Lakers is watch that Lakers show on HBO. It's, it's Showtime. really good. They, well, I don't know if Jerry West wants to watch it. I don't know if he does or Red Arback wants to watch. I mean, they had a license to steal in this one. I mean, like, they really did. Wow. I mean, they didn't hold back. I mean, uh, wow. Uh, Nobody comes out looking no, good in this one no, either. No, everybody's a degenerate. Uh, fit, fit in well here on VSIN. Uh, by the way, the headliner today, so we're going to get underway. Houston, Illinois, 9-10 my time, 12-10 your time. It's a great matchup. Thomas Gable's going to be interested in that one who's going to join us coming up in just Yo, a little he's bit. Definitely, he's got a lot, a lot, a lot of action on Illinois in that he game. He does. A lot of, yep, yep, a lot of uh, pro bettors are on that one here at the Borgata. That, you know, when I would do my rounds here in the morning, that, that's the one game that jumped out. Everybody, the, the, not everybody, but the group of, of people that bet heavily here, that live here at the hotel, that, you know, that work on this college game continuously, uh, Illinois is the pick of their is their pick. Well, you're I right. I don't know how. Open four. I don't know how. No, but you're I right. It's down to three and a half, Michael. There must so be something in the analytics that's telling them, because these guys are all analytical-based. I mean, this has nothing to do with line movement. This has nothing to do with anything but the number and their analytical rating. I think that's so important to hear. They, they've taken bias out of it. And, you know, yesterday they were on Richmond. They were wrong. The other day they were on uh, on. Uh, Alabama, they were wrong about that game, but they but they have been right about a few. They were right about Virginia Tech in the in a few games. So you know it's all analytical based. It's strictly that, and I think that's what moves the number there. It's fascinating because Illinois, it, it it could be Chattanooga, right? Illinois was down that whole entire game. They were down doubles right. in the second half to Chattanooga, uh, and came back. They were essentially losing for 39 minutes. Houston blew out UAB. Uh, so this is going to be fascinating. Open Houston four. It's down to three and a half. To your point, the market's liking Illinois right now. That's in Pittsburgh. We'll get to that. I wonder if MVP Mitch is going to show up to the game. He should, you know. I mean, I how about MVP Mitch? He's the fourth. I mean, once again, he's the worst quarterback in this division. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you got Watson. You know, this Mayfield thing is, like, really, one thing about quarterbacks in the NFL, I know we've jumped all over no, the place, please. but it's like musical chairs. If you don't have a seat when the music stops, you're in trouble. Where is Baker's seat? That's what I want to know. Now, Matt Ryan has a no-trade clause in Atlanta. I hear he's very temperamental. I hear he's very upset. And, well, he should be. Well, he should be. So something could transpose itself there. Would Baker fit in Atlanta? We shall see. But if, if they're going to ask teams for a one or a second-day pick, Cleveland ain't getting rid of them. Cleveland can't trade them at that number. I'll tell you what. Let's come back and discuss the NFL and get back into the quarterbacks and also the receivers. We've been talking about the quarterback market being so topsy-turvy in the NFL. How about the receiver market? Your son's yeah. got a good one to play with here in Los, An yeah. Las he, Vegas. He better show up to work. He better show up to work. <laughs> come back here, Lombardi line.
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Express Bet First Bet wants to get in on all the action. It's a horse race. Yeah, great horse racing today across the country. And right now, a new customer over at Express Bet gets 10 bucks instantly and up to a thousand dollar bonus. Use that promo code Vegas1000. Again, Vegas1000. For all the information here at VSEN, go to VSEN.com/slash horses. I'm just hearing some of the stories, Michael Lombardi, about people being out late night last night with the tournament. <laughs> I don't know how. I got my guy Dustin bragging about being in a cabana over at Circus Swim. What are people doing with their lives? Cabana Unbelievable. living. Yeah, I mean he's come up. He's 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 come a long way. My Isn't there man. a song you know, about a cabana? Is it, oh, Copa, Copa Cabana. Copa that, Cabana, but yeah. that was the nightclub. So it was uh, that, that cabana okay. that that he wasn't in, you know. But I mean, Stadium Swim looked great yesterday. I mean, there was all the celebs were down there yesterday. With <laughs> Dustin, Mitch and Pauly, everybody yes, was down there. Celebrities, you know. I'm sure Stephen Bond was down there too. You know. No, no. So Stephen Bond was. There was a mall holding court down there. Amal, Amal was hanging out with Urban Meyer at Circus Swim. The two of them, the two of them were talking about Jimmy G. Um, yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, now you mentioned I want to get to Baker. I've got three teams for you. I'll give you probability and you tell me best fit. Quickly, uh, the Rams made news. The defending champs now, they extend Stafford. For, yeah. that, that makes Cap sense. Room. But how about, tell me about Robert Woods to Tennessee. They got him for cheap, right? Yeah, well, Woods is coming off the ACL, so you're you're basically it's a salary cap dump, is what, and this is what the Rams have done traditionally. They did it with golf. They just they sign players to extension. Brandon Cooks, they trade him. They sign Robert Woods, they trade him. There, there is even though they sign you to a deal, you're still pr- prone to be traded. I mean, it's pretty clear. And they got rid of him. They replaced Woods with, uh, you know, in their minds, the better receiver in Allen Robinson. And so now they get Allen Robinson, whose market kind of wasn't where he thought it was going to be. But one thing about the Rams, they're they're not they're not shy about spending cash. Now they must no. be printing it out there. Three they three years, forty five million for Allen Robinson. Where do they get these chunks of cash to spend on all top end guys? I think that stadium must be producing a lot of revenue. But you know, one thing I think you have to really take into consideration is the numbers that you read about on Twitter or in the paper. They're so far from the real numbers. Right. They're so far from the real numbers that you can't get caught up in it. It's the agent's spin. It's the agent's narrative of what's actually they're putting out there. So you just have to temper that a little bit and just take a step back and see what the real deal is. But no, but the real deal is the Rams are spending money. They don't seem to have a problem. They're talking about redoing Aaron Donald's deal, which would make sense because I think ultimately they they always need to buy some cap room. So they're just they're, they're manipulating things around. And what they do is because they don't have first-round picks and draft picks everybody else on the roster is a minimum salary player so baker's next team odds this is from yesterday just take it with a grain the colts are favored at plus 180 the carolina panthers you got a connection plus 230 the saints at four and a half to one atlanta falcons as you mentioned nine to one before we get into the teams what are you hearing from your sources just about the interest in baker across the league i think it's really lukewarm I think it's very lukewarm. I, I don't know Atlanta. I don't know where Arthur Smith would be on him because I think they've got to deal with a tough situation with Matt Ryan. You know, they were going to Matt Ryan to buy cap room, and they were redoing his deal to lower his base so they could sign. They re, they finally rebought Cordell Patterson. They've lost Fowler to the Giants, who was one of their rushers last year. So they were trying to maneuver. They're still not good on the cap. 
But, I mean, they could get out of Matt Ryan. If they could get out of Matt Ryan and take something and then bring Baker in for whatever, they would they would actually pick up a ton of cap room. So it could be plausible, assuming they like him. The problem with Baker, it goes back to he was overdrafted. I mean, let's just be clear. He was overdrafted as the first pick overall. He was not the best player in that draft. He was not even close to being the best player in that draft. You could, you could have argued that Josh Allen was better. You could argue that Lamar Jackson was better, and you would have been right. And I think there's a lot of teams that see this now. You know, when he came into the league, it was this moxie leadership. And the Browns, for whatever reason, it didn't resonate. And, you know, I think it was partly the mistake of the Browns. They let this kid become almost a, a, a an endorsement. I mean, we make fun of the progressive commercials. But to me, it became, it put more expectations on him. The more popular, the, the more he took all this stuff in. If he would have just kept his mouth shut and worked, you know, maybe he wouldn't have all this uh, uh this anger coming towards him. But I, I think the market's lukewarm. Look, I, the Colts, would they take him? I don't doubt they would. Would they pay something for him? I think that would be highly unlikely. They're worried about where are we going with them. See, the big issue isn't today. The issue with Baker's tomorrow. What are we doing with them tomorrow? Are we signing them to a co- It's what I've been saying for a year on this show. Like, who wants to pay Baker Mayfield $35, $40 million? Nobody. Nobody. You know, and so, therefore, you take him. He makes your team a little better. I don't know how much better he really makes your team. Would he make Atlanta better than than Matt Ryan? I doubt that. You know, would he make Indianapolis better? Probably a little bit better. Maybe make not as, but he won't. They won't have a drop back pass game. Would he make Seattle better? No. But is he better than Drew Locke? You know, now we're having a conversation. That's a little scary, isn't it? I just think there's two. You just mentioned Seattle. There's two teams in my mind that kind of jump out as good landing spots because he can come off the run. He can come off the run in Indy. And same thing with Pete Carroll. You know he likes to run the football. He can do that in Seattle. I'm just looking at that scenario where he can come off the run. He had success. I mean, he is. Uh, I think it was Trotter that tweeted. Uh, just a reminder, Baker Mayfield quarterbacked the Browns to their first playoff win in 26 years only 14 months ago. And then he says, that feels like an eternity ago. It does feel like an eternity ago. It does, but look, you know, understanding, we say this all the time on our show here, is you've got to figure out why you won and why you lost. Was Baker the reason they won? I would say no. So Jim Trotter's tweet to me is irrelevant. You know, he didn't lead that team anywhere. Their running game led them everywhere where they needed to go. The scheme led them everywhere. I mean, how many times is he going to throw the ball to wide open receivers in 2021? A lot, you yeah. know? I mean, in 20. He was throwing, there were a lot of guys wide open. And when the game became a drop-back pass game, 22-17, six minutes to go against the Kansas City Chiefs on the road at a playoff game, can't deliver. So happen in the opener again. Have to bring your team back from a drop-back. Couldn't do it. So to me, you know, I think he's been overdrafted. I think he's gotten too much credit when they've won. I'm sure he gets too much credit when they lose. But the problems that he displayed in Cleveland will carry with him when he goes some other place. That's the issue. How do you get around him? And Cleveland tried to get around him. They couldn't do it. Well, there's something. the fact that they took him. The fact that they took him the first pick overall really is the biggest mistake that they. I mean, and the Browns have been able to buy themselves out of all the mistakes they've made over the years in terms of the quarterback market. They just bought themselves out of it by signing, by trading for Deshaun Watson. Manziel and Baker. 
they committed a lot to those two. Well, Deshaun Kaiser, they talked about him analytically. Said they were, he was going to be, be great stud, for them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they and they traded for Brock, the, the 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 you know they bought the second round pick for trading for uh, Brock the heist uh, Osweiler. So you know, I mean, look, they've had a lot of them go th in and out of there. But th the reality is, is they have misevaluated the position beyond any reasonable doubt. I mean, even the year that Baker went, they misevaluated it, and they had the first pick. I got a question. Something you said is stuck with us here in studio going into break. Matt Ryan is he in his feelings? Is he going to have a bull spell oh, here? What's going on with Matt Ryan? I never oh, thought about bad. him no. being sensitive like this. Oh, oh, he's really sensitive. I mean, he sat there and they dangled him in the wind. He had agreed on a contract restructure, you know, and they basically said, not, not so fast to hold on here. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to find your replacement. They were asking for a sixth round pick when they thought they had Watson. And then they went back to the teams and they said, no, it's going to take a two now. What happened? Like, what just happened? Well, when they were asking for the six, they were counting on having Watson. They didn't really – now they want an asset back for him. You know, now, we all know this. We all know this. Nothing says I'm sorry more than money. We know that, right? So they could make up. They could kiss and make up with a lot of green around them. I'm not saying it. But they're not going to just be able to trade him anywhere because Ryan has a no-trade clause in his contract. Does he want to be there is the question. I think that's a fundamental question. I think obviously when you when the team has already told you that they're looking for your replacement, what is your job security? Last year they made it abundantly clear, wrongly, abundantly clear they were not interested in quarterbacks. They picked a tight end. Their roster's a disaster, and they go ahead and pick a big wide receiver who calls himself a tight end who's really just a big wide receiver. Talented, don't get me wrong. Talented, but he doesn't play tight end. He don't block anybody. So, like, that, that, that's not going to fly. And so you could sign Evan Ingram, who doesn't catch the ball as well as Pitts, but it's a similar thing, right? But they took that player over any quarterback in the draft. They said no to a quarterback last year. I think they should have said. One thing about this quarterback market, you're always a year behind, right? You're always – the Browns are a year behind. The Browns should have drafted a quarterback. They should have been aggressive. Andy Reid got it right. He was sitting there with Smith, and he went up and got Mahomes. Have you re has it really settled in that Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter in Pittsburgh? It's hard for me to imagine that. It's hard for me to watch somebody watching tape saying, you know what, I think this is our guy here. <laughs> it's really hard for me. Like, I got it. I'm coming uh, down I, the okay, hall. Fine. Watch I, this okay. tape. I'll ask you this. Going into the year, if you're Pittsburgh, would you rather have Trubisky or Mayfield? I'd rather have Mayfield. I agree. I'd rather I have agree. Mayfield. But it was lauded. You know, but, uh, the signing of Trubisky was lauded because we forget with time. Oh, it heals everything. I don't know who watched. Yeah, because nobody watched. It's like it's like we all loved, you know, teams that we didn't see in the tournament. You know, nobody watched South Dakota State play all year, and we loved them. It's the same <laughs> thing. Nobody watched Mitchell practice all year, and they love them. Perception rules the day. Rules the day. Cleveland traded back up Keenan, Keenum excuse me, to Buffalo, and then they brought in yep. Brissett to back up to Sean Watson. Will's next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, make your first wager and win big during BetMGM's March matchups. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any college tournament game. If any team hits a three pointer during the tournament, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. Just use the code MMMARYMARY200 when you register. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM reward points that can be redeemed for online bonuses converted into comps at MGM Resorts, not just here in Vegas, but nationwide. Sign up today. MM200 is the code. You can win 200 bucks if anybody hits a three. And also the loyalty reward program there from BetMGM. If you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Got to be 21 years or older. Okay, Michael Lombardi hanging out the Borgata. By the way, Ron Harper is going to be chilling with Michael coming up in just a little bit. Thomas Gable's going to join Josh Applebaum. So got a packed second hour. Right now, we welcome in our buddy Will Hill, New York City cast, vcin.com slash podcast. Will is on the phone. So I guess we should start with the obvious. What happened, Will? Always well, just uh, kind of a crazy morning, but always well. I'm excited for these games. What's going on, guys? <laughs> okay, I think Will got into a little bit of a fender bender. I hope you're okay, buddy, as we get started. Uh, thanks for joining. So, Michael said he was doing his rounds early today at the Borgata. In Illinois is the sharp play against Houston. Houston open four. It's down to three and a half. I think you like the fighting Illini here. I do. I can't understand this line. I know Houston played great on Friday, and Illinois uh, played about as bad as they could play. They're really lucky to get out of that game. But to me, this is way too many points. I'm shocked this is four and a half, and it really says a lot about the committee that a five seed's favored by four and a half over a four. But I just think Houston beats you by bullying you. They beat you by getting second-chance points, the offensive glass. You can't really bully Illinois. With Colbert in the middle, uh, Illinois is a physical team. Uh, I don't think that's going to work against them. Underwood's a good coach. To me, this is too many points. I was really, I was shocked that this line was four and a half. Now, you know, it's one game. Houston could win by 20, lose by 20. But again, it kind of shows, you know, the committee probably did a bad job here that you have a five seed this much of a favorite over a four. But uh, I'll take the, the Illini in this one. 
Yeah, Cockburn's such a man inside, my lord. But, you know, one thing I think this will be Houston. They pride themselves on being so good defensively. But, you know, Illinois is as good, if not better, than similar to Indiana. They didn't show it the other day when they were playing, but, you know, when they were lucky to get out of that game alive. But to me, I, I think this, that, that when you have, like, when you're on life support and you get a, a, a second day, I think you got to seize the moment, and I think this is what maybe people are doing. Maybe the physicality of Illinois is going to take over the game. Yeah, Illinois 5-2 and two ATS, their last seven is a dog. They're going to be a dog here. They're catching three and a half. Will likes Illinois. Let's get another dog in here. Notre Dame, they were on the bubble to get in. They have a chance to make the Sweet 16. They're taking on Michael's Texas Tech team here, and Texas Tech is up to eight, Will. Yeah, you mentioned Notre Dame. I mean, think about it this time last week. I think Lenardi had a miss in the tournament. So they're squarely on the bubble. They get in. Rutgers had them take the right three or four times Wednesday night. And what was an incredible game. They get out of that. They handle Alabama pretty cleanly. I think they go into this game fast and lose. It's house money. Eight's a lot of points. Now, I like Texas Tech as a team. But, you know, it's not a great offensive team. They did play really well against Montana State on Friday. But to me, the matchup here, these Big 12 teams, why they're doing well, it's a no-middle defense. And, uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It, it try to keep people out of the paint, but it does allow for catch-and-shoot opportunities, which Notre Dame is great at. They space the floor. They run a lot of pick-and-roll. Uh, Bray's a good coach. Uh, I think he's good on short prep, short rest. So I, I think eight's a lot here. I'll take Notre Dame here. I think this line's a little inflated. I mean, the one thing I think where, you know, Notre Dame is so good from the three-point line, they're able to shoot that. They, they shoot almost 40% from the three-point line. you got to believe Tech's going to be able, Mark Adams is going to be able to handle that and force them to do something else. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's the pick and roll. I agree. Eight's a lot of points in these games, but Texas's, Texas Tech's defense can really put a strain on you. A little bit like what we saw last night, the way Arkansas was just wearing down New Mexico State's three-point line shooter, especially, you know, late in the game take the eight with the Irish. There's a theme here with Will Hill and for good He's reason. He's going doggies, yeah, isn't he? And yeah. For good reason, Michael. 57.5% clip on the dogs in the tournament. The dogs were 6-2 and two ATS yesterday. So if that continues, we're going to make some cash today if you're barking. Let's go TCU Arizona. This is the one that just hit doubles. The one game on the board that's hit doubles. You're going to take TCU against Arizona catching the 10, Will. Yeah, I mentioned the Big 12 teams are doing well, and a big reason is there's no middle defense. Not a lot of teams play it. Now, Texas Tech with Beard kind of started it, and a lot of these other teams in the Big 12 kind of mirrored it and copied it. Arizona doesn't see that in the Pac-12, and what it does, again, it makes you a jump-shooting team, and Arizona can make jump shots, but, but some nights they do, some nights they don't. I think they kill you. They're lethal when they get to the basket. They're lethal at the rim. Uh, I think TCU will be able to keep them away from the rim. Now, you do have to worry about turnovers with TCU. If TCU has a habit... Uh, of turning it over, and if you get Arizona three possessions uh, out in transition, that could be a nightmare for TCU. But if they don't, I think they could hang in this game. Arizona hasn't been great the last two or three weeks. You know, they've struggled at times. You know, with with the Stanford's of the world, even against Wright State the other day, they didn't really pull away like you expect. So I think TCU with this defense, uh, they're long, they're athletic on the perimeter. I think they can make this an uglier game, a tighter game. I think tens a lot. I will again here uh, take the points. You know, I mean, Kempom, this is a seven-point game. It's interesting that the Lions moving, and I'm with you, Will. I don't know if I go against the Big 12. I, I think I kind of would avoid that at all costs. I think their defense and their energy level and the way they just dismantled Seton Hall. Now, maybe Willard's going to go get the Maryland job, and Seton Hall has problems behind the scene that we didn't know. But to me, you know, I, I think that's a lot of points. I'm surprised the Lions moving away from TCU here. I would agree with that as well. The number is moving Wisconsin's way. So Wisconsin 
Iowa State today. Open Wisconsin three. It's been bet up to four and a half. You're going to go the opposite way here. Well, you're going to go Iowa State catching the four and a half. Yeah, I'm going to fade the steam here. If you remember Johnny Davis, who is pretty much does everything for Wisconsin, he tweaked. It. He hurt his ankle last game of the regular season against Nebraska. He kind of tweaked it at the end of the Colgate game on Friday night, which was a really good game. Uh, look, this game's going to be ugly. It's not going to be fun to watch, but I do think it'll be close. Uh, again, you're getting a Big 12 team. You're getting points. Uh, I, I think you know Iowa State. They probably double Davis and just say, "Hey, somebody else beat us. Make you play left-handed." Uh, again, Wisconsin doesn't blow you away with their athleticism. They never do. To me, this is like a 56-53 type of game. I'm not opposed to an under. Iowa State can be ugly on the offensive end. Again, it's not going to be uh, a thing of beauty, but Brockington's a hell of a player. Uh, you're getting a bundle of points here for a game that should be close, should be low scoring. Again, I'm not opposed to an under, but I'll, uh, I'll take the points here. A lot of underdogs here. Yeah, it's true. I mean, look, Ken Thomas is a one-point game, Will. I mean, he likes the dog here today, too. So, you know, I think that's going to be the key is is can 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 Brockington make those plays? Can he be the, the guy that gets to the free-throw line? How are they going to generate points? That's always the question with Iowa State because their offense can disappear at times. It's the lowest total on the board, no surprise. If you do need a break today, take one at 610 because Iowa State, Wisconsin. Johnny Davis is a reason to watch, but outside of that, the total set at 126, the lowest on the board, wow. as Will said, those two teams uh, could struggle offensively. Uh, before we say goodbye to you, Will, do you have a thought on the Hall of Fame matchup as far as the coaches, Coach K and Tom Izzo, of course, Michigan State, Duke. Duke's laying six and a half, seven. Do you have a lean on this one? I don't really like Duke. I don't like the way they defended. Something just seems off with them the last few weeks. That being said, Michigan State's got some guys, you know, they could keep them on the floor against Davidson and not get exposed. Uh, Duke's just got too many pros, too much blue chip talent. I think they're going to expose uh, some of that for Michigan State. Michigan State struggled turning the ball over. They struggle in half court. So this is one where if Duke gets a lead, I don't think Michigan State can call back. I would tend towards actually leading the points tentatively here uh, with a Duke team that I'm not in love with. I just think Michigan State's completely outmanned in this one. It's going to be a hard one for Michigan. I mean, but if they, sh you know, I was shocked. Weren't you shocked how well they shot against Davidson, Michigan State? I didn't yeah. see them shooting from the three-point line as well as they did. And, you know, that's kind of what lends itself to whether you win games or lose games. And when you have those hot-running streaks like they did, it, to me, Michigan State, that, that can they duplicate it? I think that's the question you got to ask yourself. You know, Duke's Friend, just – Friendly whistle the other night, too, with, yeah. against Davidson. Yeah. Friendly whistle. I agree. And Duke lacks that killer instinct. It's It feels like a bunch of kids that are ready to go to the NBA, right? Bancaro yeah. and Green. Griffin and Keels and Wendell Moore Jr. I mean, these are they've got the decisive talent advantage, but they just they've been shaky. Got beat by North Carolina the end of regular season. They were shaky against Syracuse, shaky against Miami, and lost to Virginia Tech. So I I don't know. It's a, a, there is a, an advantage here. Coach K over Izzo. He's 12 and three all time. So Coach K yeah. has a decisive advantage over Izzo. Will. Probably a good stay away here. Probably a good stay away. Probably. Okay, you stay safe. Be good. William Hill, of course, Point Spread Weekly and New York City Cast. Beeson.com. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. Appreciate so, you guys. Yep, thank you. So that's a seven. That's Greenville, South Carolina. Bobby Kremens told us yesterday Duke's going to have a decisive home, home court advantage there with people traveling down to Greenville, as they call it. That's the headliner great today, 515 years. Greenville's a great, that's an underrated city. You've been there, right? 
Yeah, well, that's where Furman is. Furman's a great school right there. It's right hey, there. It's perfect. It's a pretty you, little place. You asked me yesterday, and a friend texted me after the show, Matt McMahon, the Murray State head coach, is right in the sights there for South Carolina. So McMahon, oh, the kid from Murray they... State, could get good. I told nice. you it was going to be kind of that second tier, a name that yep. most wouldn't recognize. But well, McMahon's Sean Miller a... took the Xavier job, right? I yeah. mean, that's what so, he's going to coach in the NI. He's going to coach the NIT, right? Xavier just got a little shadier. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> Sean Miller. Sorry, Maybe they always were. Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. We continue, of course, here Lombardi Line on a Sunday. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 